0: Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole.
1: Welcome, Dr. Alice Howland. Thank
0: you. you. I hope to convince you that by observing these baby steps into the... into... uh...
1: Alice, where the hell were you? Went for a run. Well, I hope you enjoyed that because you completely blew our dinner plans. Hollister, it's Emily here. And as you know, I was supposed to be in L.A. today. My connecting flight was canceled. I decided to spend Super Bowl Sunday when the entire city of Boston was home cheering for the Patriots. I put on my snow boots and I walked over to the movie theater and watched Still Alice. And I got to tell you, Hollister, there was a lot of sniffling going on in that movie theater. Me and the other 10 people not watching the Super Bowl. Um, it wasn't far from Harvard University where I saw the film, so there was a lot of IQ in that room. And I think it was a subject that hit really close to home um, and was just, it's a heartbreaking topic.
0: So did you like it? Um,
1: Well, you know... I'm someone who never goes to horror movies because I'm not very good at being scared. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those topics that is so scary, and everyone we know probably has a relative or a friend who's dealing with Alzheimer's. I didn't know this before I went into the movie theater, that Maria Shriver was behind the film. She's an executive producer. I believe her father, Sergeant Shriver, is someone also suffering from Alzheimer's.
0: Yes, that's true. And as you know, I am affiliated uh, through work, through my marketing work, with an organization that is very, very, very at the forefront of all things surrounding the dementias. You know, Alzheimer's is only one of eight dementias, but I went to a special showing where the author of the book was at the show. Another Massachusetts connection. That would it be Lisa was, Genova from Cape Cod. Exactly, Con. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, there was a Q&A at the end that, that made it even larger. But the organization that I'm affiliated with was trying to get a showing of Still Alice in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And what's interesting is the major movie theaters said that they were not bringing it in because it's so upsetting to everyone that nobody wants to go see the movie, not because they don't think it's a good movie, but because it's so frightening that they just don't want to deal with it. And funnily enough, uh, when in the Q&A, Lisa said, I understand why no one wants to go see it. It's the same thing as cancer was 50 years ago. It's too frightening and people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to deal with it. So they look away. And it's at the point now, 75 million Americans will be uh, approaching the age of 60 over the, the next four years, and one in 10 are getting Alzheimer's. So this is going to be a medical crisis, they said, by the year 2020. So even if we want to look away, we can't. But I did also notice, hate to go on, but I did also notice that when the lights go down in a movie theater, for me, everybody sort of snuggles into their seat And they get ready, even if it's going to be a frightening movie, they get ready because they are prepared to enjoy the next two hours. And everyone in the movie theater of the special showing I went to had a reason to be there, and everyone wanted, desperately wanted to see the movie. But when the lights went down, there was a moment of discomfort that could not be ignored, including in myself. My heart sank, and I thought, oh, I don't want to watch this. I didn't want to watch because of the fear of it all. And I think, I think that's very interesting. I think that it is a time in America when we have to start dealing head on with these issues, but there isn't enough funding for Alzheimer's. Uh, heart disease and cancer gets billions and billions of dollars a year, and Alzheimer's gets less than $200 million. It is something that can be fixed, and we just need to, to uh, make it come to the forefront. And that's all I have to say about Alzheimer's, and we can talk about the movie.
1: You bring up so many good points there, and there is just a heart-wrenching line in the movie where Julianne Moore is talking to her husband, played by Alec Baldwin... And she says to him, I wish I had cancer, um, because, you know, there she is. It's set up beautifully in the movie that she's a linguistics professor at Columbia University. <laughs> a so genius she's someone,
0: one, yeah, with a really
1: major brain. Yeah. You know, so even when we first see her, she's giving a lecture about how toddlers acquire language, which is such a great juxtaposition to how she's losing her ability to grasp for words. Her vocabulary is shrinking. She can't hold on to thought. She's losing her memory. And by the end of the movie, it's almost as though she's a toddler trying to speak. And it was one of those things where she said, you know, if you have cancer, people know how better anyway to be sympathetic or at least empathetic. But when it's a mental disease where she's seeing a neurologist, no one really quite knows how to handle it. She, she's no longer capable of... Uh, being a professor at Columbia. This is one of the things that I thought was so interesting is when her neurologist in the movie says that sometimes the deterioration happens quicker with very intelligent people. Because they are so smart, they're better at developing coping mechanisms. So by the time they're admitting to themselves and to others that there is a problem, it can be a very rapid decline right after that.
0: Yeah, I think Um, think that's true, and I think that's statistically true. But the other thing that I I thought was sort of um, interesting around that is there's one point when she, when the head of her department has called her in because she hasn't gotten good ratings uh, for teaching her class. And he says, you know, if there's, is there a problem at home? And she says, well, I actually have a health problem, but I'm still fine. And she said, I have early onset Alzheimer's. And you can see the look on his face, which she totally misses that says, okay, we're done. You're, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, in other words, you know, that's that's a, a deal breaker, a showstopper. It's all of the things that it is. And so a lot of people don't want to tell people their situation.
1: That was another heartbreaking scene where she's going to um, look at nursing homes and the woman assumes or she had told her that she was looking on behalf of one of her parents, you know, and not.
0: On behalf of herself, when they, the, you know, she's being tested to see how her memory's doing, and he says, "Okay, I'm going to mention four things. The name of the man is this, and he lives in Oboken and whatever on Washington and, Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and gives the address, and I'm going to ask you about it later. And I was in a panic because, of course." Three minutes later in the film, when he asks her to repeat it back, I can't remember it. And I'm, oh my God, I can't remember it. And you could hear the murmur in our movie theater because no one could remember it. And, you know, she wasn't still Alice. I think it's the wrong title. She stopped being Alice very, very, halfway through the movie. We in America tend to want to romanticize or change outcomes that can't be changed and in the end she was no longer Alice she wasn't and And even she
1: recognized that preparing for the future by filming the videos of herself talking to her future deteriorated self yeah exactly Um, but the the name Alice I thought was a very good choice because what it invoked for me was the title Alice doesn't live here anymore I had heard that Julianne Moore is is a petite person. She has never struck me as that tiny in all her other many roles. Um, And in this movie, she struck me as so petite. And somehow I felt like she was doing it purposefully to show that she was literally, physically, mentally shrinking away before our very
0: eyes. Well the people who worked on the film told us they as somebody in the audience asked how did Julianne Moore prepare for this film and basically what she did interestingly enough is she met with she spent a year meeting with people who have early early onset she wow. met with doctors she met with caretakers and then she went to the homes of the people who had later Uh, you know, who are in the final stages of Alzheimer's. There are some special homes for people. And she went there. And what she said is, I refuse to do anything in this movie that is not uh, something that I've seen, heard about, or was told about. I won't do it. Everybody who was there who really are very active in the field said she just nailed every single bit of it, every single one. She
1: completely deserves yet another Oscar nomination. She does such a good job of portraying the internal struggle, um, the fading away, that scene where she's giving a speech to other people afflicted with Alzheimer's. And to make sure she doesn't lose her place in the speech, she has to follow herself along with a highlighter so she doesn't forget get where she is. It is heartbreaking. I am not suffering. I am struggling. Struggling to be a part of things, to
0: stay connected to who I once was. Now, interestingly enough, in the book, she teaches at Harvard, Miss Harvard Girl. (laughs) She insisted that they shoot it. In New York, because she had been away for a year shooting uh, the um, Hunger Games series and she has high school kids and she wanted to be near the kids so she said i'll do the movie but only if you shoot it in new york so they moved it to columbia as
1: far as i know harvard does not allow movie crews on campus so harvard probably would not have let them shoot it at harvard anyway whenever harvard appears in a movie it's usually some other campus playing the part well, wait a of minute what
0: about what about the facebook movie that was shot at harvard there
1: were scenes that were supposed to be Harvard. There were definitely scenes shot in Harvard What Square. about
0: Love Story? That
1: is true. Love Story was shot at Harvard. And just an interesting aside on that movie, which always cracked me up. Did you know that Ryan O'Neill could not ice skate? Well, it doesn't surprise me (laughs) in the least. (laughs) So the way they shot that movie, they just kept picking him up and shoving him to the next cameraman. And he would (laughs) fall down on the ice and they would pick him up and shove him to the next one. And he'd try to look like a hockey player in between. Okay.
0: And in today's world, by the way, he would have spent a year learning how to skate. The way the actors worked in the 70s is very different than the way they work now. And mm-hmm. now these actors take great pride in doing the homework necessary to be able to perform the way they're supposed to perform. But let's talk about the people in this movie. Okay, mm-hmm. by the way, Julianne Moore wanted Alec Baldwin because they'd worked together before, she said, and she they wanted to work together again. When did they work together? Oh, um, the
1: TV show 30 Rock. Julianne Moore played someone who went to the same high school as Alec Baldwin. Speaking of people who have played in other movies together before, I gotta tell you two things there. One, I did not think Alec Baldwin should have been a scientist in this movie. I think he can pull off a spouse as of that age. Interesting. Um, I was not buying him as a scientist with words like cathode just rolling off his tongue. I enjoyed him immensely in It's Complicated. Did you notice that he has the same adult son from both movies? Hunter Parrish, who played um, the son in this movie, was Alec Baldwin oh, I and did, Meryl Streep's son. You know son. what?
0: I did not notice that. I'm sure he brought him into the movie. Good for him. Can you
1: name the TV role uh, that was was so big for Hunter Parrish last year. In my favorite TV show, The Good Wife? Uh, no. He played Will's killer. Oh, he did? Yeah, so obviously a very different role here, where once again he's the sympathetic son.
0: So you basically, did you think that Alec Baldwin did a good job as a husband in this film? I liked him more in It's Complicated, but there was something,
1: I I guess I was expecting the new yogic Alec Baldwin, and... Um, His physical bearing made me think that he was suppressing rage. And I couldn't tell if it was just tabloid headlines infusing my perception of Alec Baldwin, who I've liked in many other roles. And obviously he was dealing with the frustration of, um, you know, living with a spouse who's deteriorating. Well, by the way, that is one
0: of the words that spouses, you know, you're not allowed to get angry. And yet, how can you not? Were we supposed to believe that he took
1: the appointment at the Mayo Clinic and left Julianne Moore in the care of Kristen Stewart? He yeah, just took she, off? yeah,
0: she. Yes, she absolutely were.
1: I didn't think that was believable for the character who was supportive, relatively speaking, up until then.
0: Well, no, his his choice was to take her, which he was willing to do, but the fabulous Kristen Stewart came back to take care of her mother. But, um, yeah, I thought it was totally believable. By then, she was basically gone, and he, you know, he wanted to do what he wanted her to do, you know, and he says to Kristen Stewart, uh. You're a better man than I. Which I thought was a weird line. I actually liked it because I think there is a point at which everyone says, when it starts, I'm here for you, I'll be here for you, we'll get through it to the bitter end. But most people in the end cannot handle final stages of Alzheimer's with their loved one. They can't.
1: I couldn't watch the movie without comparing it to other movies I've seen about Alzheimer's, such as Away From Her. And there is a movie that, if you haven't seen it, I totally recommend it. I watched this movie, Home Alone, one night, and I woke up the next morning crying. movie? It was ho- wait, what so movie? amazingly well done. It's called A Song for Martin. It's a Swedish movie. Watching what the spouse went through was so heartbreaking. So it goes from being this great love story to this great decline. And I have to say, um, watch that movie and then check back with me and see, because I think there were more opportunities in this movie to to make it even more dramatic. Um, oh, I'm not I'm sure I'm... I could have handled more heartbreaking, but I think I could have. <laughs> Julianne yeah. Moore did a tremendous job, but I don't feel like the other characters
0: well, um, I, I, they, were I, we, utilized they, as they could have been. They actually talked about that in the Q&A afterward, and basically they couldn't tell all the stories, so they decided to tell uh, the Julianne Moore character story, to tell Alice's story, and everybody else then became an adjective and she became the noun because everybody's story deserves to be told but there each one is a full movie her story was so big i think that's why the Alec Baldwin character you know had to take a back seat and maybe the largeness of Alec Baldwin on the screen never takes a back seat i've never seen him in a movie take a back seat
1: it makes the question if the other characters were adjectives and not the noun why did they include them all
0: hmm. There should have been more, I think,
1: between her and Alec Baldwin. I don't think she needed three children. Let me give you like a specific example. I was trying to think about this later when they introduced relatively early on, and I was wondering if it was too early in the movie, the fact that her particular kind of Alzheimer's was genetic. And she realized that her children were in danger of inheriting early-onset Alzheimer's as well. And one of her children, played by Kate Bosworth, is even pregnant with twins. So it raises this huge specter of, have I passed this on to my children? Have I passed it on to my future grandchildren? And the character played by Kate Bosworth calls her on the phone, so you don't even see it face-to-face where I'm thinking, what a great scene to play out. If you're Kate Bosworth and you are about to get the results of this test, are you positive? Are you negative? Does one of your siblings have it? she tests positive. Sorry about the plot spoiler. Nothing is really ever made of that again in the movie. And I'm thinking, okay, so Kate Bosworth goes on to have her twins. What is she going through knowing that she might not have that many years left?
0: I didn't need it to be played out more. I thought what it was showing was how this affects everybody. You know, in other words, this is a disease that doesn't just kill one person. It affects the entire family, which leads us to Kristen Stewart, who has never really had great roles. Let's face it, you know, the Twilight series, which is what, six films or something, sort of, you know, pinpointed her into a into a corner. And I thought she was awesome on the screen. Did you agree? There
1: were scenes that I thought were very strong um, and I had read a review before seeing the movie, which I wish I hadn't, because it mentioned the scene in the movie where she is acting in a Chekhov play. And, you know, in the spirit of full disclosure... I have never been a Chekhov fan. I know yeah. that probably just knocks me down a few notches culturally. And she's acting in, what is it, Three Sisters? Yes. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be good acting or bad acting.
0: Well, I think it was supposed to be young acting, meaning certainly not at a National Academy Award level acting, but at a, at a you know, it's it's a regional play. But I think when she's on the screen, you can't take your eyes off her. Her
1: character was a little gruffer than I expected. <laughs> she did a good job but somehow I felt as though she had inherited from Alec Baldwin that inner rage that he was like a caged animal ready to explode. Well, there's
0: one point in the movie which is also wonderful. I'd like to see you go to college. You can't use your situation to just get me to do everything. That you Why need. can't
1: I? Because it's not fair. I have
0: to be fair. I'm your mother. You know, there was that moment of humor, but at the same time, Kristen Stewart was angry. And again, I think that's American families. There's always one person in the family that's irritated because they haven't lived up to the expectation of the family motto. And they're trying to do their own thing and everyone's staying on them. And interestingly enough, Lisa, who wrote the book, said her favorite scene in the movie was at the dinner table. Alice wants to know, when are we going to the, to play? And she wants to write it down in her in her diary. And the other daughter's like, it doesn't matter, mom. You don't need to write that down. We'll we'll make sure you get there. And she said, but I want to write it down. And Kristen's like, let her write it down. And the other one's like, she doesn't need to write it down. We'll take care of that. And they start talking around her as if she's not even there when she is there. I love the differential between the characters. So Kate Bosworth is sort of the bitch, very successful, very driven, type A personality. You know, Hunter Parrish is the son who's also successful but laid back and sort of chill, go with the flow kind of guy. To
1: me it was funny because, again, comparing to It's Complicated where Meryl Streep had two daughters, one son, and a son-in-law, it was the same configuration, but I thought, well, maybe the other two actresses weren't available.
0: Yeah, that's very funny. Richard Glatzner, who wrote the screenplay, he is ALS, and he had to do all of his work from an iPad on set. And I think it's so interesting that they used him uh, to do the screenplay. And I think it probably made it a little bit better. I think the words, you know, with somebody who has ALS, words matter. You know, you you use them sparingly and you choose them carefully. And I think that a lot of the Julianne Moore uh, situation is her looking at things. And I think it was, I think he was a good choice to do the screenplay for it.
1: Well, speaking of which, I mean, I do have to give one more plug to this Swedish movie, A Song for Martin. When I looked up those actors on IMDb after watching this devastating movie about Alzheimer's, um, I realized that the two lead actors were actually married in real life to each other. And I thought, oh, you know, that leaves me with a feeling of hope. And then I noticed on IMDb that there was an end year to their marriage. And I thought, oh, they got divorced after doing the movie. And then I realized, no, it's not divorce that ended the marriage. It was death. And so while they were filming the movie, the woman, in real life, she had terminal um, cancer. So she knew that she probably wouldn't make it. I thought that just added a whole extra element of dealing with the topic of Deterioration and um, and death. Huh. Well, thinking back on my three favorite Julian Moore roles, I would have to say "Far from Heaven" with Dennis Quaid, "A Single Man" with your guy Colin Firth, the one that was directed by tom ford and a movie that i was surprised she was not nominated for the oscar because she has been nominated so many times was the prize winner of defiance ohio
0: um i don't really consider her a great actor i think she did a great job on this film magnolia i guess maybe was probably what i thought she was most known for and i thought is probably her best role outside of this one maybe
1: and yet the three movies where i liked her the most um they're all almost period pieces Huh. You know, it seems like she's always been playing the 1950s housewife.
0: I think she's good in The Hunger Games. Okay. The Hours. You know, I thought she was pretty good in that. Yes.
1: Yep. And again, yeah. that's kind of a period piece, right? Yeah,
0: I guess it is. She's certainly had an amazing, strong career that uh, that no one can scoff at. Let's put it that way. Well, this, uh, this movie has more than 22 nominations from the National Board of Review to the motion picture, sound editor. I mean, it's got everything going for it. Julianne Moore has already won the Golden Globe. She's up for the Academy Award. Best Leading Actress, Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor. Uh, You know, it just, uh, actress defying age and ageism. Uh, She was nominated for in the Alliance of Women Film Journalists, which made me sort of smile Uh, It's an amazing, amazing film. The topic, hands down, heart-wrenching. She did an exceptional job, and she uh, did the situation for these people proud. If you can get to see the movie, you should. You might not be able to get to because theaters don't want to put it up there because people don't really want to go to this movie, which is another reason why you should see it. So I hope that you will go. I personally hope that everybody will see this movie and then send a donation to someone or send a letter to a senator saying, we want you to put some money into this terribly devastating disease.
1: So live in the moment, I tell myself. It's really all I can do. Live in the moment.